Chapter Ten of A Little Country Girl by Susan Coolidge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. A Word Fitly Spoken. All Candace's timidity fled at the sight of George's distress. She hurried across the room, knelt down by the sofa, and took her cousin's hand, which was as cold as a stone, between her own warm ones. What is it, Georgie? Don't cry so, Georgie, dear. Please don't. Oh, what is the matter? She said in a voice so soft and affectionate and pleading that it made its way straight to poor miserable Georgie's heart. She still sobbed. She still hid her face in the pillow, but she let Cannie hold her hand and stroke and kiss it and seemed to find a little soothing in the kind touch and the tender words. After a while the sobs grew fainter and Georgie lay half exhausted with her eyes shut Only now and then giving Cannie's hand a squeeze Hers was one of those natures which cannot bear to suffer alone Whatever was the matter Georgie instinctively reached out for sympathy to the nearest source from which it could be had Gertrude her natural confidant was away and Candace her sweet face full of pity and concern was close at hand Her touch felt warm and comforting her tender voice was irresistible to George's desolate mood She turned her wet face with a sudden burst of gratitude and trust Toward the little cousin whom she had till now held so cheaply and who at that moment seemed the only friend left within reach Cannie she said I've a great mind to tell you then she stopped Confidence is like a timid bird which hops nearer and nearer to the hand that holds out a crumb But all the while keeps its wings half poised for flight should a gesture alarm it Candace had the instinctive wisdom of a loving heart She did not interrupt Georgie with a word only her anxious eyes asked the questions which her tongue did not utter I Am in such trouble said Georgie Thawing more and more under the influence of Cannie's silence and Cannie's look in such a dreadful scrape Oh, what will become of me? Wringing her hands you are so good Cannie so kind will you promise not to breathe a word to anybody if I tell you all about it? Yes, said Candace I promise I Know you can keep a secret continued Georgie sighing heavily you never said a word about that time at Fort Greene, yet I know you must have wondered what it all meant. A little pause. Then she went on. There really wasn't any harm in it when it began. It was last winter. One day, Berry and I had been laughing over some of the personals in the Herald. And just for fun, we wrote one ourselves and sent it to the paper. It was an advertisement. We pretended it came from a lady who wanted to make the acquaintance of an eligible gentleman with a view to matrimony We made it as ridiculous as we could and we signed it Laura and said that all answers could be sent to the station D post office And did you get any answers? Oh quantities I never imagined that people could be so foolish why there were a hundred and thirty the very first day and ever so many afterwards Some of them were sentimental and some of them were ridiculous and some were really funny I think the funny ones came from people who suspected that the advertisement was a hoax 
but we got a great deal of amusement out of it and we never for a moment dreamed that anyone would suspect who put it in oh how i wish we never had for it brought that horrible man down upon us and since then we have never had any peace of our lives what horrible man asked candace more and more surprised you saw him at fort green i don't know who he is myself really he says his name is james alexander but he tells such frightful lies that i don't believe it is his real name at all he is a dreadful creature and he has treated us so georgie broke down into another fit of crying but i don't understand said candace how could he treat you badly how did he come to know you what right had he to speak to you at all oh no right explained georgie quivering with sobs it was only that he found out about the advertisement and then he frightened us he suspected something and hung about the post office and watched till one time when berry and i went to get the laura letters then he followed us home and found out where we both lived and wrote to say that he had become possessed of our secret and that he was a poor man in need of money and if we would at once send him twenty five dollars he would keep silent about it but if not he should feel bound to write to our friends and let them know what we have been doing we were both scared to death at this threat and we made haste to send him the money hoping that he would keep his word and that we should never hear of him again but we might have known better for the very next week he wrote again demanding fifty and so it has gone on ever since he never gives us any peace we have to send him all he asks for or else he declares he will call upon papa and not only tell him about the advertisement but all sorts of horrible things which are not true at all he won't believe that it was only to amuse ourselves that we sent the notice to the paper and he hints the most dreadful things and says papa and mrs joy will be sure to believe him berry and i have grown so afraid that we would give a million if we had it to bribe him to go away and never let us hear from him again but even that would be no use for he will come back and demand another million ended poor georgie and he actually comes up to newport and follows you about and makes you give him money said candace horror-stricken at this glimpse of the hidden suffering endured by these two prosperous cared-for girls who were supposed to be without a sorrow in the world indeed he does he came that time when you saw him the middle of august and he wrote berry a note to say that he must speak to us and that if we didn't meet him somewhere he should appeal to mrs joy we had to consent of course and we gave him all the money we had and we thought he was gone but just a few days after he appeared again on the polo ground and handed berry a note which he pretended she had dropped out of the carriage but it was really from himself and he said that he had lost the money we gave him on a bet which had turned out badly and he must have a hundred dollars more you can't think how hard it has been for us to raise all this money canny berry has her own income but her mother likes to know what she does with it and mamma chooses my things for me so i don't have much of an allowance we have been at our wits end sometimes to know how to manage and how did you berry sold a diamond ring which she doesn't often wear so her mother has not missed it and i put in thirty dollars which was all i had and he went away for good as we hoped 
He promised solemnly not to come to Newport or ask us for money again this season and we were so relieved For a few days. I was almost happy With a miserable little laugh, but what fools we were to believe him I can't imagine why we should for he has deceived us all through I don't think he has spoken the truth once from the beginning Berry came just now to tell me that he is back already She saw him herself this morning in Thames Street He didn't see her for she was in the close coupe and he was looking in at a shop window But of course he has come for money and neither of us has any more We shall have to refuse and he will go straight to papa and then oh what will become of me she buried her face again in the pillows Candace was trembling with a mixture of sensations pity for her cousin indignation at this mean persecution of which she was the victim and withal a fine touch of scorn over the weakness which was so easily played upon with all her country breeding and ignorance of the world and its ways there was in our little maiden a large share of a strong self-respecting pride of her ancestry she would never have stooped by the silence of a low knave like this alexander and her clear truthfulness of soul indicated at once the single straight unerring clue which could lead out of this labyrinth of difficulties georgie she said after a moment's thought there is just one thing for you to do you must tell cousin kate all about this oh candace never screamed georgie tell mamma have mamma know i'd rather die at once you have no idea how she despises concealments and deceits and i have had to plot and contrive almost to tell lies all through this wretched time she would never get over it even if she said she forgave me i should always read a sort of contempt in her eyes whenever she looked at me oh mamma mamma and i love her so candace i couldn't it is the only way repeated candace firmly you have promised not to tell exclaimed her cousin starting up from her recumbent position you promised me solemnly you'll not forget that will you canny you'll not tell mother yourself certainly not what use would it be for me to tell her it would be only next best to having alexander do it but you you georgie that's a different thing even gertrude said she couldn't advise me to tell mamma continued georgie gertrude does gertrude know all about it then yes i had to tell somebody i was so miserable it was only a little while ago that i told her i kept it to myself for a long time gertrude repeated candace unable to hide her amazement and what did she say oh she was horrified of course anyone would be and she threw a great deal of blame on berry i don't think she has ever liked her since she always goes out of the room when she comes she wanted me to do all sorts of impossible things such as going to the chief of police but about mamma she felt just as i did you see we both think so much of mamma canny we care so much about having her approve of us you haven't any mother so perhaps you can't understand no said candace i have no mother perhaps it makes a difference but there is another thing i can't understand and that is how girls who have a mother such a mother as yours georgie can be content to keep her love by means of a cheat if i did have a mother i should want her to know all about me 
and approve of me honestly not because i was hiding things from her besides there was a little choke here i think mothers can stand a good deal and still keep on loving their children i don't believe cousin kate would be hard on you georgie or despise you because you have been foolish you don't half know mamma repeated georgie she has such high ideas about conduct it would half kill her to know that i had even spoken to a man like this alexander of course she would be sorry persisted candace of course she would rather that you had never got into this scrape but she is so just always as well as kind she always sees both sides she will understand how it began that berry overpersuaded you what makes you say that interrupted georgie i never told you that berry overpersuaded me no but i knew it all the same it's a matter of course said candace too deeply in earnest to pick her words or realize what a very uncomplimentary thing she was saying berry joy always makes you do whatever she likes cousin kate will realize how it was in a minute well never mind that i don't want to talk about mamma don't you see that if i did tell her she couldn't do anything unless she told papa and that is the very thing i want to prevent oh what was that as the clock began to strike six they will be here in ten minutes oh dear how can i meet her my eyes are swelled out of my head she will be sure to notice and georgie hurried to the looking-glass and began to smooth the tangled fluffs of hair on her forehead Cannie's heart was hot within her but she wisely forbore further remonstrance she brought a basin of water and a sponge and helped georgie to bathe and cool her tear-stained face and to arrange her dishevelled locks then she kissed her softly and moved across the room to the window georgie stole after her and stood by her side it was nearly time for the travellers to arrive from the train a cool sea wind was stirring through the trees a red glow could be seen in the west where the sun was nearing the horizon there was a sound of wheels and the fruins village cart drove rapidly in and set marion down on the porch as it drove away another carriage met and passed it at the gate it was the coupe and mrs gray and gertrude were inside with a shriek of joy marion shot down the gravel walk to meet them john stopped his horses mrs gray jumped out and marion sprang into her arms the lookers-on at the window above could see the whole pretty picture the lovely sunny-faced mother the glad child they could hear mrs gray's sweet laugh as she bent over and kissed marion again and again oh georgie georgie cried candace her eyes suddenly brimming over with tears look at them look at them was there ever anyone so sweet and loving and dear as cousin kate see how she holds marion in her arms how she kisses her how can you be afraid of her how can you doubt one minute that she loves you enough to forgive anything oh if i had such a mother would i stay away from her and cheat and conceal and trust a girl like berry joy and a bad man like this alexander and not trust her not go to her first of all for help and advice think how good and kind she is how glad to help everybody poor people servants think how lovely she has been to me and of course she loves you a hundred times more how can you hesitate one minute 
oh go straight to her dear dear georgie tell her all about it for your own self she will know just what to do she will make it all right for you think how happy you will be not to be afraid of anything any more oh georgie do do why candace i hardly know you faltered georgie and she spoke truly for candace in her intense eagerness seemed to grow out of and beyond herself and looked taller older quite unlike that shy candace of every day then the passion of her appeal caught hold of georgie's weakness deep feeling is contagious and there are moments when cowards become temporarily brave candace's rush of words her mother's tender look and attitude as she held marion close to her or it may be some swift impulse from her good angel seemed to melt her out of her mood of resistance how it happened she could not have told she never could tell but a sudden strength came to her and the next moment she was out in the hall mrs gray slowly coming upstairs was clasped in a wild despairing embrace oh mamma i want you oh mamma i've something to tell you cried georgie her mother whose smile had changed to a look of pale amazement could not speak she suffered herself to be swept away the door of georgie's room closed behind them and gertrude who was following close behind was left on the landing to confront the equally surprised candace what is it what is georgie going to say to mamma demanded gertrude in a frightened whisper she is going to tell her about that horrible man who has been making her so unhappy replied candace going to tell mamma oh how did she ever get courage i begged her i told her it was the only way you why cannie how did you dare cried gertrude i never would have ventured to do that so georgie said replied candace simply but i was sure the thing to do was for her to go straight to cousin kate End of chapter ten